1: Hey, this is Matt Harrigan on today's Adult Swim Podcast. We're talking to Michael Cahill and Dave Hughes. They've both been editors on many shows here at William Street. A couple of really smart, interesting, funny guys. Let's see what happens. You always get your ass kicked by, like, a dad, a dad. that would
0: hang out with, with their the kid. Lead. And they lead would just weights. do super dynamic, smart stuff. My dad was like, here's the wood, here's the wheels, I'll be back in a little bit. Mine was so
2: busted. And that was that like, he, he was too busy
0: with <laughs> work, no. so... But then, Soapbox Derby is actually in Akron, Ohio. I've been to the. There's a you huge there. course. Yeah. Next to the Blimp Hanger, like there's a Akron sucks, but there's <laughs> a I little pocket suck. But there's a pocket of I can Blimp Hanger and Soapbox Derby right next to each other. So there's a little uh-huh. vortex of okay, and the rest of the place is just. There's still active blimps. Yeah, that's where Good, good year. year. Yeah, they had a a Blimp Hanger. The Blimp Hanger is so large it gets clouds inside. It has its own atmosphere. Really? Yep.
2: I had a rumor they were starting up the Zeppelins again, like the They're
0: trying to start up cross-oceanic right. transport port. I
2: would uh, do that, of all the things, I think. Oh, I, yeah. You'd go across the ocean in a blimp? I <laughs> would. <laughs> right.
1: But it to be. It have to be German. Yeah. yeah. It'd have to be a boat following yeah. it, I would think. Maybe no Nazi flag. You were to run go. out of gas. Maybe, you know, yeah. Super slow. Although, in this day and age, gas. that
0: flag would probably play well for a certain subset. Oh, my God. You could have... This day and age.
1: Flag. So, uh... Here we go. Write <laughs> down, write <laughs> down.
0: Too bad we're not actually recording this to tape, so
1: it could roll out yeah. and we would be done. Yeah, right. Digital makes it too easy. Here with Michael Cahill, long-term editor, Space Ghost editor, Toonami editor, uh, pioneer of the bumps, the on-air cards with which the network uses to communicate to the audience. Is that correct? That is correct. Dave Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> Adult Swim Smalls, Off the Air, Cartoon Sushi, Celebrity Deathmatch, Beavis sushi. and Butthead. Yeah. You're working Cartoon Sushi? Perfect Hair Forever. Kinda. Perfect Hair Forever. Perfect Hair. You kind of worked on Cartoon Sushi? Yeah. You know that. Yeah. Well, you said... The producer. You, you seemed to uh, bristle when I said that. Did well, you, I was surprised, surprised that showed up on the, on did the list. Did you Celebrity Deathmatch it,
2: too? That's how we met. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. And cartoon series. Before
0: Tinder. Ultra City 6060. But now you guys are friends on Tinder, right?
1: (laughs) You
2: write
0: swipe with Twitter, Just to make each other feel better. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, uh, sir, you have the seniority here. Describe, uh, Michael, your entry into this place.
0: The entry was... Let's back it up a little bit. I was cutting freelance for Cartoon Network, CNN, TBS, TNT. I had a client from CNN come in. I'm sorry, Cartoon Network. He wanted to do some Johnny Quest promos, so I knocked those out in like an hour and a half, and we said the whole day in an Avid session. So I had looked at Johnny Quest and noticed a lot of homoerotic moments that other people at this time point hadn't really noticed or talked about. But to me, it was fairly obvious that someone, either the producers or the writers, were coding messages into Johnny Quest because there were four guys, no women. I was like, it's kind of blatant when you look at it. So. In about three hours, I banged out a two-minute piece called Johnny Queer, where I just put those back-to-back. Huh. Like, one of the best was, Race is standing in a bedroom with his shirt off and his arms folded. And he's like, you're quite a dynamo when you get started, Dr. Quest. (laughs) And then it cuts to Quest, who's like, you're not so bad yourself, Race. And then Johnny knocks on the door and says, what's going on? And Dr. Quest is like, nothing, Johnny. Go back to bed. So...
2: Did you use lines, actual lines from the show? I just, yeah, took lines
0: out and just cut them together.
2: No one asked you for this.
0: No, I was just (laughs) sitting around bored, and so I was like, I've always wanted to kind of, I mean, I had like seven episodes or eight episodes, and I got two solid minutes of very homoerotic moments in that show. Gave it to the producer, who will remain nameless. He was like, I'm going to take it back to the network. I'll totally give you credit. And then I found out later from Khaki Jones, who I knew was a friend and had worked not with her, but around her, that he came back and claimed it. He oh. said, I made this. You should check it out. Nameless. Mm. So <laughs> Khaki, Khaki, fortunately, was like, he didn't make that. I know who made it. Michael Cahill made it. He told me. They were making Space Ghost. So it was Khaki, Andy, Mike, Keith, and I don't know if anyone else was on. Uh, so that, that,
2: was that was already going.
0: They had done a script, and they went the out Denzel to a thing. trailer house in L.A. to cut the first episode and I got called in on December 13th, I want to say. And they were like, take a look at this cut. And it was horrible. It was like, imagine if a trailer guy tried to do a talk show for 11 minutes. It was just stilted and bad and weird. Is that the Denzel one? Or Yes. Okay. And so they said, hey, can you fix this? And I said, sure. And then got in my car and drove home going, why the fuck did I say that? I don't know if I can fix that. It's a mess. And then started working on Space Coast January of ninety four. So My Entrance was because I made a short film called Johnny Queer. So you were the first Facebook editor. I was the first. Well, technically, whoever cut the garbage out yeah. of L.A. was the first one. But, yeah, I was the first one for I don't know how many months. It felt like years, but it was months.
2: And you were the last. I was the last. Yeah. Well, so, well I guess Game Tap. Whoever did that. People still talk about that as if it was real. Yeah. <laughs> my chair is broken.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that, right? is that Do you know real? who Was did that? that? I don't know. I don't know. Some of them were real. Some of them I thought were interesting. I don't think I saw them. I just heard that they were uh, out there. That they were different somehow.
0: Well, if you didn't have the right... That's one of the reasons... I mean, I think three or four editors came on after me for Space Ghost. Yeah. And I liked them all. Like they were all been solid. But Dave had whatever fucked up approach to editorial that yeah. I have. Not the same thing, but a similar penchant for... Interesting, weird, awkward, different, and the ability to execute that without it being, I don't know, forced or trite. Timing, maybe. It's not just timing, though, because like, the other guy's cut well. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing he's doing with Off the Air and stuff like that, where it's like Dave and I have an affinity for odd video mm-hmm. in whatever mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. And it's not odd for the sake of it. It is genuinely odd. And I think the best Space Coast moments are odd as fuck and don't feel like that they were created to be odd. It just feels like this awkward thing that's happening. The natural thing. Right, which is tough to cut because you have to get the reads right, you have to get the talent. Well, the guests were difficult. You had to reverse engineer. Yeah. Or just moments within George and Clay doing voiceover.
1: You guys are both musicians. We are. Naturally Mm, trained musicians. Come on. Yes, you are.
2: I know this to be true. I played the cello from third to ninth grade. I don't know so that counts. A, that's, a, that's a
0: chunk of time.
2: As, it is a chunk. I was yeah. I what, quit me, why quit did when you it s- got real. Because it was hard? No, I was gonna be first cellist and I was like I don't too much it. pressure. Yeah. I quit later.
0: A, I tried to quit I quit in college. After you're a
2: cellist, ever. you're a drummer.
0: Correct.
1: Well yeah. there there it is, right? That's Face the, uh, the that's the, the timing, the cadence. I believe no one in, yeah. not to no one to not tell A joke, maybe?
0: Well, it's funny you say that. Like, I did lighting when I first started on television, and I took, you know, some classes, but mostly I just taught myself, but I met guys who were good lighters, and three of them at various points in my career were like, the secret isn't where you put the light, it's where you don't. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Which is the same adage you get in music. It's not where you put the notes, it's where you don't. And so, yeah, in some regard, where you don't tell a joke or where you leave space is
1: as important or more important than... Can you think of an example... Either one of you in in
2: something that you've made that explains Um, that? I don't know if this explains it, but there was... Well, this is... going Space Ghost made me think of this. But uh, when I was cutting one episode, Space Ghost comes into Moltar's control room and shoves Moltar. And then... So Moltar goes off screen. So then you just let sound effects take over. And he falls down... You know, like uh in that scene he just falls down stairs endlessly but it's off screen and you're really just watching Space Ghost. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's I take a good it all thing. back. Mm-hmm. No,
0: that makes sense that they like, can I think you with that show especially because we didn't have any money, so anything you could do audio yeah. based, you had a it lets your imagination run as opposed to our busted animation style. Yeah. I always felt like that was better. I'd say for me it was like I still like uh David Byrne from Talking Heads because He is genuinely awkward. He was awkward in the interview, and there were huge chunks of just nothing where he and Space Ghost were just staring at each other that were no notes, but then that built into... I enjoyed it when people got uncomfortable watching the show, not ha-ha-ho-ho. It was like people... If they left, it's probably not good for ratings, but I was like, good, let's clear the room and get the people in here who (laughs) like to sit in the awk, which became... It's become like its own genre of television, but I... Those moments where you just let it breathe as long as you possibly can. And you can go too long. If you don't cut out, it's like, oh, that went too long, and you, the balloon kind of fell.
2: Do you feel like that's a
0: dead thing now? I don't know if it's a dead thing. I think, like, no, I think Eric Andre is doing it live at times. But he's, he's pretty punchier. busy with he's his He's busy, you know. But there's also, like, just weird, like, he cuts to Hannibal, and Hannibal just stares at him for three or four seconds yeah. and then says, whack. Or the moments you see regurgitated are a live action version of that. The time frame is compressed. I think,
2: yeah, because media now is dense. Yeah, I feel like that. Some of those long ones are gone. Do you, you think the awkward pause
1: has been affected by people's short attention span?
0: It's gotten. Sh- yeah, the pause is as short as the everything else. I think,
2: and I think the joke's been out there, or you know what I mean. I think it's been used to affect for a while.
1: Yeah, how long can you do that without is, having to come off? Is it? Is
2: that is that a, a
1: definitive element of the Adult Swim aesthetic? No, pregnant pause. But it
2: it's, was there a lot from the beginning, I'd say.
1: Define the aesthetic, then, if you can. I think In it, your mind. Mm. I think it's like busted
0: cable access, but good busted cable access is what we peek out at on a certain level. Like, you have the shows we got from Fox. Those are not us, but people like watching them. But all the shows we've done in-house are like, to me, really busted, amazing, good cable access. They're not purely crap. Like if you get amateurs making stuff, it's it's funny in little chunks. But
2: I feel like some of the amateurness is part of the aesthetic, right? Yeah, like oh, we, yeah. You guys were actually amateurs in a way, in my interpretation, in the beginning, right?
0: I mean, we weren't. We weren't I mean, like Matt uh, Malero had been ADing movies, assistant directing and doing stuff and writing. I'd been cutting for seven years, so we were oh, okay. we weren't, we were in a closet across the street that was overheating the Avid. That was amateur as shit. And yeah. the people working with us had not, for, not done a TV show, but I'd never written or cut a TV show at that point. I'd just done promos and stuff like that. So, but I think Lazo and you, Matt, like all the people that came in had an affinity for, TV was so polished back then. Like mm-hmm. you got... The late night wars, you've got friends, you've got a bunch of crappy, even Seinfeld, which is a good show, is highly polished. We were the opposite of that due to finances and, I think, aesthetic. We just like throwing stuff together and laughing at it. Yeah.
1: And now some stuff comes in that you probably see and and you accept as part of that or reject. I mean, over the course of 20 years, there's going to be an evolution of what seems appropriate for the network. Right. What shows do you think have been appropriate uh, or or not that have come through here? I mean, Eric Andre is totally appropriate. Eric Andre is totally appropriate.
0: I think the Bushworld Adventures, the most recent thing, (laughs) is us, (laughs) but like a a modern version of us because it's just him doing all the voices. It was like I got PTSD from like about a minute and a half of that video where – He's screaming at him to get in the car, the gun, it's just, and it's just raw as fuck, and it's one guy fucking around in Australia. And I, when he came and we met him, I was like, if we all had a son or children, this would be one of them. Some of the other stuff, I don't want to disparage any shows because people have all worked really hard on them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Eric Under is the closest thing to space because I think it's just the next generation of that. Yeah. And then other shows that I don't know. I mean,
2: even like children's hospital felt like it was not part of the network, although it sort of suited that time. Right. But to me, it felt like it came from this other uh, mentality. Yeah. I I used to think of, uh, I can get to say you guys, I've been here a while, but I still feel like kind of new. Um, but I used to kind of think of you as outsider art in a way, you know what I mean? That sort of Southern tradition of take, take this and have to make something. You know, that's fair without being like
0: self-important about it. But it's just like, yeah, well, I don't. Yeah, I don't think artists
2: think they're important either. No,
0: but I mean, in terms of like, oh, yes, we're artists. I think just in a general way, like we're in a little outlying area of Atlanta. And to that point, I do agree. There's shows that have been made out of L.A. that are more L.A. like shows that don't fit the mold of what we did with whatever little crap we had. And even if you look at Birdman, it's just you know it's another version of Space Ghost. It's a good one, and they did a solid job. To just repurpose Sea Lab, which I still like a lot. Again, different crew, but I think those were probably closer to us versus the stuff that's I don't know big name actors.
1: Who do you admire then outside of this place? No one. No one. <laughs> no.
0: Um, Gerald Ford. Who do I admire? That's a good question. I
1: should have studied before yeah, I came out and talked to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> who do you, mean, you admire? You, you turn on the TV, you put on a movie, or you put on some music, and there's somebody who's doing something that you think is amazing
2: currently. I, what's I, currently amazing to you? Atlanta. The show Atlanta yeah. is amazing to me.
0: Clever in general is.
2: Yeah, like I actually didn't buy his career in the his music career in the beginning. No, and he, now I'm like, oh shit! I he was did way a wrong. bump
0: for us before he even got on Community. He sent it in as a fan. Oh, really? And then
2: we found out after he was
0: on Community. I think This Is America is one of the best chunks of film. Yeah, in like their last three years. Yeah. So that's a good point. Like that's someone that you, he's working within a studio structure and doing a show that shouldn't get past those guys. Totally. But it is,
2: and that's and on paper, I have no idea what that show must look like. You know, like I, right. I, that seems like a definite no uh, to most places, and it's nice that it made it past.
0: Yeah, because now there's shows that make it. I don't know. The, the landscape's all scattered, so yeah. I think the problem becomes a show that might have been good gets picked up by a streaming service and doesn't get enough feedback from EPs or you know oversight to go, we can make this better. I think it just dilutes on a certain level, and it's tough to get a great show together. They can throw money at a bunch of stuff, but for as many things as are on Netflix or on Hulu or anywhere else, I don't go, this is amazing, this is amazing, this is like, the most recent thing I really liked was Great British Bake Off and that has nothing to do with yeah. constructing I love anything. that Yeah. Too.
1: So you talk about Johnny Quest and some of those old cartoons. I mean, they're done the old-fashioned way, but when you're pulling out all the Special scenes that you found, that's an, a definition of doing something unexpected with the edit, editorially unexpected.
0: Yeah, I think that was like the earliest version of a supercut. I mean, I don't know if you're going to find a Johnny Queer supercut on YouTube, it might be there already. But to be able to just take existing footage and do something new with it, which to Mike and Keith and You know those guys credit they took an existing crappy '60s Hanna Barbera show, which wasn't great. Let's be clear, the original Space Space Ghost, I liked it, but it wasn't a great show. It wasn't made as well as Quest and other things. And then they comped them out. It was not cheap, but it wasn't also expensive. And we had a set number of shots from the stage. You had a set number of shots. In the control room, and then if you wanted to do something else, you had to figure out how to create that in the time frame. Mm-hmm. But today's point, if this was a normal animated show, all of that would have been storyboarded, laid out. You'd be doing, like, flap A slot B in terms of putting the visuals together. In this case, it was like blank slate, and, like, you've got these existing shots in the studio, but if you want to leave it, create a new space and put them there cheaply, and that's not normal as an editor on show.
1: So there's a—it's improvisation. Uh, yeah, going back to your musicianship, it's like a it's like a
2: weird form of improvisation. Is there yeah.
1: improvisational cello? sort that yeah. A thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: sure. There is. Yeah, I was not a I was not a part of that drumming. Obviously, yeah. There's improv.
0: Well, I mean, jazz for a, yeah. There's a lot of just free form and do what you want, but within a structure, learn the rules and then learn where you can break them is always to me the best way. But I think when you think about editing, it's basically like creating a composition in music. You've got layers of things, and you're deciding where they're going to hit and where they're going to play. And I don't think it ever hurts anyone to be a musician before they cut
2: because you're just timing out a musical piece. Even basically. now, I mean, even if you look at the software now, right. it's just showing you how close. You look at Ableton yeah. and you
0: look at us it's on Premiere, and it's very similar. And I like that structure of I'm going to have a background noise of a city street. I'm going to have, sometimes it's fun as a musician, but as an editor. To put in a sound effect that's in the back that's an ostinato almost annoying sound effect that people don't notice or it gets on their nerves after about a minute of it when you can play on the sound level like that to me it's the same thing as composition yeah it's not math for me by any stretch it's more timing and feel and how do you add stuff looking at it vertically versus horizontally
2: remember you tried to put a dog whistle in a show right
1: uh, yeah, I think we did that. We put a imperfect hair. Every time a Catman <coughs> was on the screen, we added a uh, dog whistle. Did it ever get a response? Well, the idea was was that every time Catman would come on, anybody who had a dog at home, the dog would suddenly, you know, become <laughs> alert <laughs> or start in the perfect world start barking at the TV.
0: Interactive television.
1: Yeah. So, so I think it was explained that uh, on discs. A home video, whatever, it would work fine. But when broadcast, the, the nature of the uh, audio gets flipped, broadcast gets crushed Yeah, it gets yeah. crushed out. Yeah. Who, what was the character that was like? The hot, dog? hot yeah. dog?
0: Yeah. That is, I mean, there's a nice thing about working for Laz. I was like, he's a bit of, I'm a little bit on the spectrum. Like I like repetitive, repetitive patterns. But if he hears something he likes, he'll kind of repeat it for a while. And I think George did that in a read. He just was like, and then Mike took that and ran with it. And then somehow it wound up in perfect hair as the hot dog character. These things kind of thread through, but that kind of repeating ostinato weirdness has a long history. And I think it is, you won't find it on other shows. No one's going to go put a hot dog character. I mean, let's be clear. Perfect hair. Is that going to air anywhere but here? No.
2: And it's beautiful. Maybe maybe now. I I wonder. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I mean, I feel like things are really opening up in a weird way, and weirdness has changed, has become normal. Well, you're doing off the air now, so you see a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like yeah, you. and people who grew up
0: with Adult Swim are have been affected by it. Can you make a blog or a
1: site no. where we can,
0: come on, <laughs> where you show us all the stuff you've no seen blog. that can't make air?
1: Walk us through off the air, how that came around. Yeah. And how do you describe it to people and say, what is off the air, Dave?
2: <laughs> well... I say it's a late night
1: anthology show. What do you say late night? Why do you preface it with it's, that? Because it's got it, a late that night to, vibe. Is that to signal to people that it's... It's like low Yeah, low stakes. It lowers the... It takes uh, the pressure off of it? I think if it's
2: you said a it's bit. a prime time... <laughs>
0: right <laughs> there, prime time anth- <laughs> anthology? Prime You're time.
1: already, I'm out. I'm
0: like, I don't want to know. Well,
2: anthology... Dick Clark does I things. don't even like to say anthology, but it is... Uh, I just I don't like that word for some reason I think from like English books you know like anthology. Norton anthology yeah, exactly right the Hughes anthology of obscure videos but it is it is the word that describes it I guess um, so that's what I, I do I'd say late night every time and I think that's losing meaning by the day you know yeah because um, there is no time and there's no time they really media nobody
0: cares they just
2: yeah I just, just saw 52
0: billion minutes we're spent watching The Office because The Office has become like a security blanket yeah. for everybody My 25 the, and under. turn it on and so go they to they bed. They just
2: leave it on All they get up
0: in the morning, turn it on, leave it on. And it I I is comfortable.
2: Know. It's a very comfortable I guess it's show. like a... Friends, I think, has a similar... Yeah. It does. Yeah,
0: But why? I'm trying Friends to Friends is
2: not. As it's confident.
0: not as comforting <laughs> as a laugh track. But like, what is it about The Office that makes people go, yeah... I was trying to decode that. No one's done the Think piece yet. No, I'm not going to write right, one. You're right. But what is it? Is it because they've seen it so many times? But you can watch a bunch of shows repeatedly. Yeah. That one in particular is like Michael, their dad, who's like a, kind of a tool, and they like watching him tool out. Or is it just a... I don't know. I'd like to find out someone I mean, better it's than it's
2: not me. a mean show. It's not... I mean, it's... You know, he is uh, dumb, but he's not... He's affable. You know, like he is... Trying to do the right thing, so there's a comfort in that.
0: But there's also episodes where he's such a bastard that you're like, it's amazing that anyone yeah. loved him at the end of it. I think that's the credit to that show is that there are points at which he's such a self-absorbed clown that you're like, they should have just fired him or kicked him out of their lives, and they don't. So, but no
2: one's watching the British Office over and over because it's and over too again. bleak. Because he's brutal. Yeah, exactly. it's a wildly different. There's no comfort. It's in too it. cutting. If you cut that much, you bleed. Do do they watch? But do English. Teenagers watch,
0: <laughs> yes. the, office, they, they watch the Office, British Office, over and over? Yes, I'm sure. Do they watch anything? But to your point, there's no late night anymore. Like, late night, we got on because it was Cartoon Network. We needed some stuff. It was 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And you had it was appointment viewing. You, you VCR'd it, but it's not...
2: I sp- think that's one of the crises of the network right now is there's almost nothing to rail against. You know, like, you had late night television in this polished world to just be, like, the anti of that, and now... I don't know. I, I, I don't know if you can be the anti-internet, because <laughs> it's it's so all-encompassing. You
0: there, also you know? don't have one ring to rule all the niches. Like, back in the day, there were a set number of channels, and now the channels are infinite, given yeah. whatever site you go to. yeah, And good or bad, you had your stuff curated by the big networks, cable networks, public access, whatever. It was all decided for you, so... The bandwidth was narrower. Yeah. Now it's just spray the room. Some people want to go watch people unpack a box. Other people want to listen to ASMR.
1: People would say that about Adult Swim. I turn it on when I go to bed and I wake up in the middle of the night. and it's still Off there. the air is on or something. And there's something sort of comforting. Maybe that's being replaced by the
2: office. Or well, because now there's no like ads.
0: That. It just goes next mm-hmm. to next to next to next. And but I think
2: the bumps were actually part of what people found comfort in. in Maybe. The, or not did. You know, still might. Right. But, uh that there was this uh, interactivity before you could get it. Now you can sort of follow your favorite YouTuber and feel like they're talking right. to you. But this was a network talking to you. It was a, That was the Mike's point. Important. He
0: actually was watching MTV, and they had a crawl. Remember when they had the crawl? On <sighs> like TRL MTV, TRL, exactly. And he was looking at that, and it said, thank you for watching MTV. And Mike said either out loud or to himself, you're welcome. And he was like, wait a minute. That's a really good idea. And that's how he got the idea to start talking to the audience, Mm -hmm. and then we executed on that idea. And it was before there was, you know, Twitter, Instagram, even,
1: like, blogs or anywhere to talk to people. We just started rambling. Now, if you watch a video, you can leave a comment, and they can comment back at you. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, like, I can't picture the world. Like, I'm a little worried, too, sometimes, because I watch some of the YouTube comedy, and it's not amazing, but people love it. I guess younger people. And I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm being ivory tower a dick about it but i'm like they're not being shown stuff that raises their comedy level they're just kind of watching it's like the benny hill of now where there's a bunch of people their age doing whatever it is like there's a bunch of youtubers that people want to watch hell vine was i watched that like i would watch vine compilations or just look at vines because it was six seconds it was usually funny and it was done and it's tough to compete against that when you're trying to craft something in an 11 minute space. Maybe we should go to five minutes or a minute.
1: <laughs> so that's what off the air is. I mean, you're crafting something into an 11 minute space, pulling from videos. I mean, you're sort of
2: do- doing that. Yeah. It's for like a, a
1: different yeah, it's, media.
2: It's started, pulling from one media to the other. Yeah, I think it started as sort of a distillation of the internet for television. Um, but now, now we're commissioning more because, partially because um, I can't beat everybody to the stuff online. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's you can picks, get to yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's it's just uh, I'm just me, and uh, I pull from a couple people. Uh, Cody and Alan help. So, as an editor,
1: you're taking your own personality and bringing different things together and making a new thing out of old things, and making it relevant again.
2: Yeah, I think I think there is uh, inside of that show. There's some juxtaposition, you know the the placement of one piece next to the other helps sort of comment on both pieces. Ideally, ideally, <laughs> and on a good episode, each piece is sort of commenting on the on the ones around it, and especially since it's themed, they're all sort of commenting on this larger idea. Hopefully, um, so in that way, I think it's it brings value to some of the pieces. Uh, I like to think that when they're all put together, they're stronger than they are just out in the world as little individual pieces. Um, yeah. So where the, were you most successful with that? Which, which ones do you feel like came across the best? Uh, I, I think animals has a good flow to it. That was the very first one. And I really, I took my time kind of editing through that one. Cause partially because i didn't know what the show was going to be so i just messed around and messed around uh until i i liked it <laughs> so uh animals feels good and and the pieces in it do feel like to me they, they comment on each other um i do feel that i feel like i've lost that a little bit because we're commissioning things more so we're getting new things that i don't really necessarily know what they're going to be until we see them uh so it's much less it's it's harder um, you can't
0: really program if you haven't seen it yet you yeah you can't
2: plan for right. it and then then some of the other pieces i might have picked already don't fit necessarily like a, like i can't get them to fit and i can't even fake it so so, so it's a becoming a little more of a direct anthology show like Liquid Television or something, um, Which, but it's still got a flow. I, I mean,
0: Liquid Television was huge. I still yeah. think about Flux. just the style of that, style music. Of that mind-blowing. Yeah. Matt, to your point, we did Space Ghost by repurposing stuff. Can we Ouroboros ourselves and just start eating our own shows, putting them into a meta, meta, meta... I think we're working on it. Scenario <laughs> and yeah, chew like, it back up so that it like it sure. basically turns back in on itself and we go we basically take the network into a black hole of its own creation.
2: Just right just up a spiral. because
0: well, 'cause I've thought I've tried I've argued with these guys for years about we need to take the guys from Aqua Teen and voice over squidbillies and just swap it out. Mm-hmm, that'd be great. And fun. then put squids on Aqua. That's a good And just April start Fools. meta no. Yeah, but even further, like if you just deconstruct shows. Well, Bushworld was a little bit of... exactly you know, like, like where you've got a new guy spinning this take. show in a busted way, and then the next time, do you take it direct or do you just start to? I liked Inception because worlds started to collide on each other visually. If you had shows colliding within six episode arc, could we eat our own
1: tail and be interested and have a good time with it? If you could make Space Ghost into an action show.
0: Make Space Ghost an action show or make Space Ghost live in, like, a rundown trailer in North Georgia. Like, take every right. show and just kind of kaleidoscopically, it, what is it, what would it be called? It's like, see or, remember those things you spun in school and yeah. it give you different answers or different pictures? See
1: say, or speak and spell?
0: Speak and spell, something at that point, but we're like, okay, now Space Ghost is having an experience like he's a squid Billy or Aqua Teen or actually your pretty face, if you did, I mean, it's probably going to be expensive and time-consuming. <laughs> I can't think of Space goes now without clay in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. But is. if we did something else where, like, you just cross-purpose and meta-cross-shows until they eat themselves, it's probably a little ambitious, but I like the idea.
1: We have talked about this before, but this is a Southern company. And, uh, you know, the South is, I guess, an outsider, maybe, being from the South. Do you feel like, I mean, you're from... I don't think any of us are from the South. Nobody here is from the South.
0: I've been here over half my life now, so I'm I'm still a damn Yankee. But
2: to me, it feels like there was a a little bit of the spirit, maybe not just of the South or just of Atlanta, but just of um, looking at the culture from... An Underdog perspective, you know what I mean? And I think Adult Swim definitely took that on Or had that just sort of you want to poke your poke your finger in the eye of what's going on and do you think that has gone away?
0: Huh? (laughs) I just think a bunch of other things like that have risen up around it So it doesn't stand out like it used to it doesn't serve the purpose It did in the early '90s or mid 90s. You don't have as many everyone's well the monoculture is
2: dead. Yeah, so yeah, it's hard to yeah. You'd have to have so many fingers. Well, <laughs> so how do you many me mean?
0: Everyone's doing everything to be transgressive on so many fronts that that's true too. Almost being normal at this point would stand out like a beacon, like a quiet, centered. I don't slow know, like TV. Andy. I feel modern, like
2: we're all want to do slow TV. A you know? modern yeah. Andy
0: Griffith, like that would be like what Joe
1: Perry is no exactly. Yeah,
0: that's actually a great it's point. Another good show of ours on. that fits us, but is not exactly us. But that totally took people the by vibe.
1: surprise because. Yeah. It's earnest. Earnest and <laughs> slow. Genial. <laughs> yeah, totally. Heartland. Heartwarming. Yeah. So what's the uh, what's the future then? Mm, God. Can you tell me? <laughs> I'd like to know what it is.
0: <laughs> the future for television? The future for this station? The Let's start with the future of television.
2: Um, hmm.
0: Well, well linear is going to change. Down. It's not going to die off entirely, but... The way d- for us delivering to them is not going to be. As... I think it's going to die off entirely. I don't know if it'll die off entirely because there's going to be a bunch of people that don't want to mess with. I think it's with... going to
2: die off entirely within ten years. I don't think so. <laughs> TV, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually Linear hoping TV, as we know it, it will die off entirely.
0: Think... We'll get like public access in five years that we used to have before everything exploded. That's true. So it's going to kind of do yeah an old U V curve of like it's going to get big and it's that and it's going to come back to now I'll get back my weird religious programming and like the Atlanta airport channel.
2: That's true. I think that could come back around. Like I, I love that. Like I'm a channel surfer and I can't stop. And like, it's my favorite to stumble across bowling from Akron or where, you know, just like, that's my favorite to just be like, I'm going to check in on this part of the world now. Right. And I didn't expect it. And it's shocking that it's on TV still a little bit, but, um, but I don't, I like my daughter, has no concept that she can't watch whatever thing she wants whenever she wants. So I don't see, I don't see this. What's the benefit to like, it would have to be so hyper curated and niche. I don't think you can even do it. Cause it's going to get to like, to a one-on-one relationship I where it's like, I don't
0: think you can do it on linear, but I do think that where the balls are being dropped on streaming is nobody's curating. Like Netflix is kind of like a bunch of zebras and you don't know which one to attack some nights if you're a lion. So
2: if you curated, presumably they are. There's an algorithm at work that's telling you. you Yeah, but it's if you you
0: liked, then you might. If you can give them a curation symbol, it's not even about being a brand. It's just about being like a. If I click on this little square, it's going to give me things in a vein that has been curated that I know by name. I think that can have some value. That's what adults doing doing that already. Theoretically, yeah. yeah, But we're not doing it. It's not built on Netflix. It may be built on our OTT. If we get to that point with our apps, but giving somebody some guidance so if they're tired they don't want to have to hunt and peck they can go if i go to that square i'm gonna get interesting things that are in a certain
2: vein i think that has some value but isn't that what's supposed to be already at work the the algorithms
0: it is but if you go to netflix it doesn't i know for me it's like you liked they don't literally say if you like this you're gonna love this but they toss things up that i'm like
2: well they're also trying to feed their own show. they're they're at a weird crossroads i think they exactly they're getting rid of Licensed shows and they're gonna kind of, have to. If, yeah.
0: What do you think, Matt? Where do you think it's gonna go?
1: I think that's what everyone's talking about is Netflix and YouTube. I mean, YouTube's actually the bigger
0: talking horse in the background than we were talking Netflix, but YouTube's like where everything is. Totally. Both other fourteen-year-olds making videos yeah. for fourteen-year-olds and and Rick and Morty content exactly. Yeah. And then <laughs> bunch of Rick and Morty if channels. to watch Rick Shut and down. Morty,
1: yeah, or or uh, people falling down the stairs, it's all there <laughs> and it's free. And it's on demand.
0: See if I was if I could get to an over the top app that said people falling downstairs, and I could just hit that, and it would happen for a while on my television. Yeah. I would pay probably more money for that than I yeah. would
2: for regular. It's funny though; it is much less pleasant to have to make that choice yourself. Like I do think that serendipity, passive watching thing, there is something to it, but I just don't think people will even know to miss it. There's something to you when you go to a hotel. And you don't know what the guide is. Just clicking around. Yeah. Right. And, and local news. Yeah. Local like news. Good stuff.
0: That was the best stuff. I mean, that was the big influence for Space Cause was bad local television or bad religious programming or Georgia public broadcasting. They had a show called Boggle Busters that was people trying to teach little school kids math, but they had really heavy Southern accents. And so that automatically makes them sound less intelligent, unfortunately. And so they were like, today we're going to bust your boggle with the math problem. And I just sat there like a dog with my head tilted, like, what in the fuck is this? And I would watch, you know, 40 minutes bust of Bust your it. boggle. We're going to bust your... He busted his boggle right up, didn't he? And I, you can't write that.
1: No. Give some uh, advice to aspiring creators. I mean... It seems like today, editors. If you're an editor, you can do you can do everything. You can make. You don't need anybody else to make a show. I think you guys can probably. Would you both Would you both agree with that? No. You don't need anyone else to make a show. I disagree. I disagree
2: too. Okay, cool. I think actually, uh, I'm gonna edit that out.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> just put in
0: yeses from earlier. Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> I feel like for me, one of the reasons I ended up in editing was uh, it's. It stepped back from the picture. It's a little bit like it's really somebody else's, but I'm gonna help make it better. And I think that was um it's like sort of the same thing as standing in the back of a picture. <laughs> you know, it's just like don't wanna be front and center. It's almost don't want it's part of why I quit cello. It's like I'm not for, trying to be first for me, chair. I don't want to be first <laughs> chair, but I wanna you know, I still kind of maybe would have stuck with it if I had been I I don't know, but you have the most control over anybody. You can you can destroy a show and edit for sure. Well, you can you destroy can take, it and you can save it. You yeah. can
0: save and edit. You can take stuff out of context. But I think if as you're cutting, in my experience, is like you can get to the point where the screen is like behind your head. You're so far in the cut, and you need somebody else there to bounce it off of and go because you can start chasing a concept down a wormhole edit wise and come out six hours later and you've made it much worse or just the you need another person there to be like -uh." ma or someone to create things that then you can incorporate. Like I, we can take things that exist and put them together in different ways. Creating things to put together is not the easiest. And we need, I need the raw building blocks as an editor. Like if you give me things, I can see a good way to put them together but it would be like saying an architect doesn't need anyone; he can just build, right, build a house. Build like, no, I need contractors yeah. and people that make things so that I can go. Okay, or if yeah. I'm having a problem, they can recreate a piece of glass that I want it to go this way. You can do like supercuts, Matt. You could just bang stuff out and throw it up on YouTube. That's kind of repurposed content, but it's not the same I think as creating something.
2: No, from I don't scratch. Think
0: at all. Like, how many animated shows have you guys seen in the last year that you really loved? <laughs> crickets well i mean like you can think that have popped out and been like wow and there's not a lot that are being made per se that i've
2: seen no again i'm having trouble even thinking of new anime well big big mouth i liked a little bit right and rick and morty i like
0: yeah bojack's got some moments but there's like we don't have that world i think a lot of the talent now is displayed to a bunch of different places it's not as honed and focused in spots so
1: so give so if
0: Someone's trying to get into the Someone's industry. Someone's
1: trying to make something. You hmm. know, because that's been the traditional advice. Just make something. Yeah, get I think noticed. that still is the advice. And, and and maybe that's repurposing somebody else's creation. Could be. I mean, you've got
2: I better... Mean, half the internet is that.
0: But now you've got so many ways to get your stuff seen. It's harder because there's so much other stuff out there. But you can build it. All you need is Adobe. It doesn't cost that much. Build it on a laptop and get it out there... I mean, it takes one or two people that have friends in loops to see it and pass it around. Kind of like, uh, what you call it? South Park was a Mm -hmm. Christmas card that then got passed around and took off. I'll say this. I was working full-time at a corporate TV station, and my soul was being eaten daily. I was learning a lot, but I was dying at that job. Somebody promised me a bunch of Avid work, and so I left. Quit the job and went freelance. Never got a single gig from that guy. Not one session. Had I sat and thought about it, I probably would have just stayed in the corporate space and knocked stuff out. And Instead, I said, screw it, quit, and took a big leap that didn't pay out, but paid out in other ways. So be willing to just say, fuck it, and throw yourself in, sink or swim monetarily, and see what happens.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I got fired from my first bullshit job, and I, it's like the luckiest thing that ever happened to me.
1: How did you get into this? I got a temp job. <clears throat> uh, th- uh, my friend's uh, mom worked at HBO, and I got a temp job answering phones at HBO headquarters. Hmm, that's cool. So
0: it was just literally a foot in the door, and it worked out. Well, I think
1: back, and it was a it was a, my friend's mom who worked at a big company in New York. So it was somebody I knew, and I had a, a college education. See, I didn't. That didn't matter. I mean, (laughs) my GPA didn't matter. My SATs didn't matter. Nothing mattered. No, I don't think it's... Other than I was uh, clean cut. I wore a suit to my
2: first day, and everybody thought I was there to fix a copier. Hmm. Nice. I wore a suit to my Beavis interview, and I think it stood out in the wrong way.
0: Was it Mike Judge interviewing you? No, no, not at all.
2: No. But yeah, it was a suit that I had bought at Thrift and it had like a giant piece that was not quite the same pattern, They're but like, it was like clothes. It was yeah. just like. Uh, Why did you wear a suit? The well, because I was a temp somewhere else mm-hmm. and I I wore suits every day. Yeah. So I was just like, man, you wear suits to interviews. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This was the 90s. I was wildly out of place <clears throat> at, at Beavis, though. But I think it uh, separated me from yeah. the pack. In a weird I
0: would have been like, who's the guy that had that patch on? Yeah, name?
2: that's it. Well, you went funny. in there very respectful. Yeah, that yeah, never hurts. Never
1: hurts. Yeah. All right. I feel like we didn't talk about editing at all. A little bit. What should we have talked about editing wise that we didn't
2: talk about? No, there's, there's. It's hard to. We should talk admonish about
0: them. Well, first of all, that half of their job is to organize their footage. It's not just about cutting. That's my modern day gripe. That.
2: Are you, are you very yeah. organized? But it's hard to step I, into anybody else's project. Like, everyone has their Well, own yeah, you do have
0: your fiefdom, but now, actually, people, it's so much easier because AI's kicked in, artificial intelligence, you can actually have it go through and have a complete transcript of any word in a file. Oh, wow. So you can just type it up, and it'll go. Like, now, you can do a supercut without even cutting anything together. You can load up 12 episodes of something and pull up every time someone says, you know, wubba-lubba-dub-dub, dub, and it'll give you that automatically i kind of i don't miss the old days of having to sub no, it all out no. but having it all there was like i don't know sharpening your knife before you cook like
2: yeah and you're finding other things along the way yeah. like in listening to all the takes you're finding outtakes little laughs like his you know especially his laughs that were actual laughs of between you guys in the record yeah were the laughs that ended up in there like anything that's natural or him bumping you the mic and going, oh, sorry. Yeah. And you could <laughs> yeah, put that in goes. the
0: show because then it felt more real. Like, they're not pros. Yeah. He hits his mic all the time. I mean, George used to do Wild Reads or whatever. He just Yeah, that talked. too. Dick when he would just stuff. talk, oh, it was God. the best thing ever because you couldn't direct him that way. Because it's hard to just get someone to sound that authentic. But he was bitching one time about not getting any love from the network because he sent him two big-ass baskets. And I just dumped the whole thing in. And I still don't think we've written anything better than that. Right. We wrote things close. Right. But I was like... Oh, this sad like middle aged like superhero complaining about how the network doesn't love him is the best thing in the world. (laughs) Like that's the show I want to make. I don't care Transparency. Yeah, and just (laughs) real. Like you don't superheroes don't complain.
2: And I'll say I feel like you guys worked a cut over more than any other place I've been. You know, like you would work a cut over to death, especially especially once Lazo got (laughs) got his talents in it. It was uh it was impressive though, because because it was um, it had to be good enough for the people in the here, you well, know. Because we I mean? didn't it have was like, yeah,
0: there was no audience. So it's like <laughs> we all had to be happy with it. The seven people watching it with yeah, us,
2: yeah, it had to sort of appeal to this group inside internally before it could even go out.
0: Well, to his point, Mike's point is like if you don't have everyone in the room laughing, then it's not working. If you get a couple, it's okay, but it could be better. And my favorite analogy is always like the old Looney Tunes were just guys making each other laugh in a shed in Burbank making crap to go in front of a movie. It wasn't to impress anyone beyond each other. And that's still some of the best visual, written, animated humor. Yeah. So we're just all having a laugh. And if when you do that for each other, that's a really good work environment.
2: Yeah.
1: So maybe the greatest advice is just to be able to make your friends yeah, make laugh, your friends laugh. Find a like, good group. But make them all
2: laugh. Critical Make friends. all of the
0: friends. <laughs> make the entire internet laugh, and you'll be okay.
1: Yeah. All right. We'll do it again. <laughs> all right. Thanks. 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 Thank you. Uh, music from this episode is the title track from the album Social Cues, as performed by Cage the Elephant, uh, from their performance on Fish Center, May 9th, 2019. Uh, you can... Go to our YouTube page to watch that performance and many others. And go to adultsroom.com for some links to some of the things that we were just talking about in this podcast. Thanks for
2: listening.